Hey everyone, I'm Jen Garrett and welcome to the Move the Ball podcast. On this podcast, we are going to talk about how to succeed in business and in life by putting winning strategies into practice to help you advance faster. So if you're looking to move forward and reach that next level of greatness, then you are in the right place. Now get ready. Let's suit up, show up, and move the ball. Hey everyone, Jen Garrett here. It's great to be back with you for another episode of Move the Ball. Today, inside the huddle with us is Mr. Paul Pratt. Paul is a retired NFL player who played with the Detroit Lions. He's also a personal trainer, business owner, and has a photography company called Second Wind Studios. And something else that I absolutely love about Paul that we will talk about on the show is that Paul started a nonprofit organization called Second Wind Mentors, which is really focused on helping teenage boys who come from single parent households. So we'll talk about that as we get into it. But first, Paul, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you. Thank you. So grateful to be here. Appreciate it. I'm so excited to to have our conversation. So let's get into it. First of all, you played in the NFL, you played cornerback, which many people say is one of the hardest positions to play in American football. So, and you and I have talked about this before as my son also played cornerback. Uh, share with us why, in your opinion, is this such a hard position to play? I think playing cornerback or defensive back is a very hard position to play in the NFL is because you have to be the most athletic position, the most reactive position, being a defender. You're going against receivers who may be the same speed as you, and they know where they're going, you know, obviously because they have the play call. So to, so to be able to react to that person's route takes a lot of, uh, first of all, it takes a lot of, you know, studying film and kind of educated guessing on where he's going based on alignment and then using your athleticism to, to break on the ball. So you got to be able to stop and go with a receiver and whether he's faster than you or slower than you, you still got to, be at that person's pace at his tempo and to, to stay close to the receiver. So it takes a lot of athleticism. Great. And in your preparation, you talk about reviewing game film, which I think is important, not only in football and in sports, but also in life. We reflect and we look back at what we did and what we didn't do right, what we did wrong and how we can improve. What lessons did you learn from playing cornerback that really helped you to be successful off the field? I learned a lot of lessons just playing that position, but really in football in general, just the discipline, um, being patient uh, as a corner, you know, you want to be patient at the line of scrimmage and not be in a hurry. If you do a thing, what we call open up the gate is when it's like you're playing press coverage and a receiver does a move and you just immediately just open it up and let him run straight. So you got to be able to stay disciplined, be patient, not be in too much of a hurry. Uh, one of the great quotes I always like to say is be quick, but don't hurry. And that's kind of what it is I use as being a corner, uh, and I translate that into my normal life is to, you know, be patient, you know, know things, you know, it's going to work out for you. Uh, just stay, stay to the test, take one play at a time, one day at a time now, and, uh, and not try to worry too much. And it's very easy for us to get impatient because we always want things to happen more quickly than they tend to. So what do you do to keep yourself remaining patient and staying disciplined? I get up every morning. I get in my foundation, which is scriptures. I wake up 325, read, listen to my gospel music, um, read my books. I have certain books I read as far as um, uh, business books I've accomplished. Uh, you know, I got to stay disciplined in my mind. 
and just stay patient. Just know that uh, everything's on God's time, and uh, and just know that He's always you know pulled through for me in, in every situation on and off the field. So I kind of have my faith. My faith is what carries me through. And then you know, and I have a vision board. And one of the main things I have my on my vision board at the top is do not complain. But in the middle, I have don't procrastinate. So I've been doing some things. I've been pushing forward, not procrastinating as far as training and cutting up my videos and doing things that I have, I've been dreaming about, my visions I've been having, uh, just executing, really come down to just execution. And you mentioned getting your mind right. I think self-talk is something that's really important and getting your, your head in the game in the beginning of the day so that you can really move the ball and make it an impactful day. Is there anything that you tell yourself each morning? I know you're heavily into scripture, but do you, what kind of self-talk, if you practice that, do you give to yourself in the morning? Man, you know, you got to... I constantly, it's in a battle of, you know, it's called uh, um, not feeling like you're worthy enough to, to be great. But I always constantly remind myself that I'm great. You know what I'm saying? I want to be the greatest trainer of all time. I want to be the greatest mentor of, of all time in the world. And I just keep thinking like, thinking like that, even though I'm not maybe quite recognized as that towards, you know, the world. But I know in the small community that I'm, I affect that. I do a great job and I see impact and I see change in those few people that I'm able to see on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis. So I just try to, you know, maximize the time I'm with my clients. And then, you know, the times when I'm with myself, I try, always try to, up, you know, uplift myself, take casual walks around my, my in the neighborhood, motivate myself, run, work out. They always stay, you keep your body and your mind positive and active because I think when you sit too long, and you look at your circumstances too long, it looks bigger than it needs to be. And it's really not that big of a deal. But I just kind of you got to be able to, to mind shift yourself to positive and to the vision that God has called me to my purpose. Thank you. And you bring up a really great point about impacting the people around you. We don't have to be out there to change the world. It's about making the impact in the people that we that we come into contact with on a daily basis. And so sometimes we feel like we're not good enough because we're trying to make this big change or this big impact, but it's really about just the interactions that you have and your circle of influence. We all can be great and just remind ourselves to be great and get out there and do amazing things. So let me ask you this, when you were playing either in college at Nevada or in the NFL, what was your most memorable game and why? College on the NFL, I say in college, I didn't. I didn't have a great college career. I didn't feel like my, my talent elevated as much as it should. I feel like I should have went to a bigger college, though. But the college I ended up choosing, you know, looking back, that's where I needed to be, and that's where I grew more. I grew more as a human being, more so than as an athlete. So I can't even pick out a game that I feel like, oh, I really remember. Only probably the game I remember the most is probably the game I did the worst in. Was that was against uh, Boise State? It's an ESPN game. I just couldn't get nothing right. I never played good against Boise State. I don't know. It was the blue turf at the time. The quarterback for Boise State was uh, Kellen Moore, the offensive coordinator of Dallas Cowboys right now. And that was in that same game. Our quarterback was Colin Kaepernick, and that was the game. I think he, I seen him become Kaepernick. We had like he was he had like four touchdowns. He was just killing Boise State. We went into like three or four different overtimes. It was a crazy high-scoring game, though. But I was my worst game of my college career, and that's the one I remember the most. <laughs> and as far as being a professional, well, obviously, you know, I played a couple games up. It, it was a sweet moment to play up against the Giants. Uh, my twin brother was there, 
and my older brother was there as well. And I was get to play against, and I was playing against the Giants with my best friend I grew up with, Steve Smith. He was on the Giants starting. I was just, it was a good that my first game ever playing up as a Detroit Lion was against, you know, my best friend. So it, that was a good moment I remember, and my touchdown. But I remember that that my that game against the Giants uh, more so than anything. Okay, great. Thanks for sharing. And I love that you shared about this game in, in college that you performed at your worst because we don't always play at our A game. We have those moments where we're like, man, that really sucked. you know. And so what did you do after that game to kind of get you focused and say, okay, we're going to put that behind me. Let's focus on the next game and, and continue to move forward. Well, in college, like I said, my, I, my confidence was not there in college. I know after that game, which it was my senior year as well, I didn't start the next week. Um, you know, I got my spot took, so I had to just go back to the drawing board. I had to suck up, suck it up, and stay humble. And uh, I ended up getting my spot back a few weeks later and finished the year off on a good note. I remember just staying focused. And, and, and also, after that game, my the worst game I ever played, I remember I was being kind of sneaky on uh, – this is when MySpace was popular. I remember I was, I was DMing a girl on MySpace that was in my class. And at the time I had a girlfriend and I was going to delete my MySpace. I said, I told her to go ahead, delete my MySpace. And she found that message, me DMing that girl. So after my worst game ever, I had the worst situation going on with my relationship, you know, dating relationship. So it was like, it was all that stuff at once. I had to fix a lot of things that week. I had to fix my football self and I had to fix my Austin field person as a boyfriend self too. So it was a rough week. I never forget that week. Uh, but you know, I made it out and I learned a lot, you know, from that week alone. And is there somebody that was on the coaching staff or a fellow teammate that's really made a tremendous impact for you while you were in college and then taught you some things that you took post your college days into life and into playing in the NFL? Yes. Um, there was one, I think my greatest DB coach I ever had was right now. He's currently the special teams coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. His name is Coach David Fitt. Uh, he, he used to play college at Desert Storm. He's the greatest DB coach I ever had. And when he was there my sophomore year, he was only there for one year. I was like one of the top corners in the nation. I was just so great. And I just wish I could have spent more time with him. And uh, some of his defensive back techniques and drills, I still do today. I still do those same drills today as far as like getting your feet quick and breaking out of getting out of breaks. I still use those same DB drills that he taught me a long time ago. And uh, I appreciate him. And if I could ever see him again, I want to tell him, thank you. That's great. There, there's definitely people that we remember who have made great impacts in our life. And I appreciate you sharing that about him. So let, let's transition. So now it's time to hang up your cleats. You're done playing in the NFL. What did you do next and what lessons from playing the game really helped you to get squared away and position you for success beyond the game? You know, I got released 2011 in September after the last preseason game, which I had a great game. I had like seven tackles, had a had a, two tackles for loss, had a sack, three people. I was just balling. So once I kind of knew I was getting released, I thought I'd be picked up in the next couple of weeks or so because my game take was so great, but it never happened. One week went by, two weeks went by. I was just like, what's going on? And then uh, maybe a couple months after that, I said, I have to do something. So I end up applying for a, a job at this place called Rancho San Antonio, which is a group home for, you know, adolescents, teen adolescents who were like, you know, probation and juvenile kids. 
And I think going into there, the beginning of January 2012, January, yeah, January 2012, you know, being in that, going back, coming back to reality, doing group therapy with the kids twice a week, that kind of was actually therapy for myself. And uh, just knowing that, wow, people really do have problems, you know, just coming back to seeing people, seeing families and seeing kids who have drug issues and mom and dad issues, whether they've been touched or they've been, or they've been doing some type of, you know, uh, sexual misconduct towards others, towards their own family members. Uh, that was, that was a reality check, you know, and it kind of brought me back down to earth. Like, wow, I'm, I'm back being a human being again. I'm not this athlete. So I, that was definitely a humbling experience, but I think that was the most, that was probably the greatest thing I needed to do. And I did that for a year and a half before I started doing my own company the following year, uh, you know, with training and things like that. Okay. And when you started your own company, what was the hardest obstacle you faced and how did you overcome that? I, I felt like when I was playing, I was always training with people or training people while I was playing. So people worked out with me though. So I wanted to um, just get back into it and just find the people you can trust. I, I went to a couple of business partners. One was my, my longtime friend, Steve uh, Smith, who he was still playing at the time with the Eagles, I believe. And uh, Another one was another business partner, somebody I knew. So it's just learning business. I wasn't, it wasn't really my company. It wasn't my name on it. I was just like the face of it, helping running it, you know, get my feet wet as far as they're learning things, you know, you know, moving buildings. And it was just hard to, uh, I, I don't know. I was just kind of just, I was open. I was just going, not really knowing what I was doing, but I knew how to train. I didn't really know the business part of it and how much, that time that takes. So two years after that, in 2015, I decided to just do my own business and open up Second Wind Performance. It was my own training company. And and then I started renting space out of Willing Hills and until last year. Now I'm teamed up with my business partner, which is important, finding a business partner that you can trust. You know, his his company, Slim Body Fitness, I teamed up with him. So all my training is kind of under the Slim Body Fitness umbrella. And then my Second Wind, everything Second Wind is, is like my studio, you know, I'm a photography studio. I started last year, and now I just started my, uh, you know, my second mentorship program, uh, inaugural program, this past Sunday, which I opened up two years ago in 2017 in August. But I never came to fruition. I never executed until in this past couple of months. Great. And I definitely want to get into your second win mentors group in just a minute. I do have one question before we switch gears. So you work with personal training clients right now. And as you know, if you want to win in football and in life, you've got to be consistent. So how do you help? What guidance do you give your clients so that they can remain consistent and disciplined on the things they need to do? Well, I try to offer more than what I'm paid for. And, um, I really, um, I, tell, I keep 100 with them. I tell them what they need to do. I focus. I'm able to have a. I have a good eye to see how to correct and how to um, make things better, physically better in their lives. Whether it's uh, technique, with their feet placement, their arms. If this comes down to running, you know, keeping their elbows 90 degrees. There's a lot of real detailed, specific things I do to make them a better person. And I videotape everything I do. And I send them that tape so they can see their issues, see their uh, their errors and in their technique, and they can correct that on their own. Even do the do the same workout I give to them by themselves, so we can get build up that base. So I try to offer up every you know type of um, edge they can have 
to better themselves. And that's what I pride myself on. I, I like to do more than what I'm paid for. And uh, I, I like to see people change. Well, I like that you video them and let them see it. Because just like we talked about earlier, reviewing that game film, you need to look at how you're performing so that you can see, okay, how can I improve? Yeah. So that's what I've always been doing. I always like to, I like to tape and I like them to watch their own tape. And, uh, you know, hopefully they, some, sometimes they do look, <laughs> sometimes they don't look, but I still, I'm still be the same person whether they look at the film or not. And hopefully they do. The one people that do, that's when I see the most change. You know, I call it the Sujanera speed system. And usually it takes about, I think it takes about depending on your athleticism and how, in your mindset and how you attack the program. It takes about six to seven months, sometimes up to a year for that mindset and that mode of learning turns into mode of programming to where you are, you, you know, you can, you can do these things, you can do these techniques without, you know, on second nature, without, you know, without thinking about it, it's in your subconscious and you don't have to think you can just be perfect. So. Sure. And I think it's a function too, of what you're willing to put into it in terms of your commitment and your, your mental, like, are you really focused on this? Is this a priority or is it something that you're casually doing? Because those people that are really a hundred percent all in and are like, I'm going to go at this and do what it takes. That second nature comes quicker because they're putting the work into making those changes. Exactly. So I just, I try to give my clients every opportunity, every advantage to be great and to get healthy, whether they're injured or I like to say prehab. I, I really take pride in doing prehab, which I started doing. I, I, I turned the coin prehab 2014. I just didn't market it and now I see it's being said everywhere. So that's just me for being lack and procrastinating. But I always tell my clients, you know, we have to, if you stay in prehab, you stay out of rehab. And the things I, cause I told my ACL and I, in college and I came back and I broke my college uh, record, I ran a 4.24 in college after my ACL. So a lot of my athletes I train, I put them, and athletes and normal people, I, I do a lot of prehab stuff that they do before they get injured so they won't ever get injured. And a lot, a lot of my clients, they never, I want to knock on wood, they're, they're very healthy and they can train at a high level and run marathons and play soccer and football and basketball and track and not get injured because we did enough foundation of prehab work. So we stay out of rehab. I think that's great because you definitely want to do that prep work up front, lay a good foundation before you really try to, to do some really intense things. So let's switch gears here and talk about second wind mentors. So this is a group you started. It's geared towards teenage young men who come from single family homes. I really love this about you because as you know, I'm a single parent of five. I know you shared with me, your sister's a single parent of four. And so talk to our listeners about why did she, she's had five kids, five, two. Oh, five. five I'm sorry. Okay. Five. And so why did you start this nonprofit? Why was this important to you? Uh, it was just on my heart to start it. Like I said, I started in 2017. I wanted to do it. I'm always, you know, I train a lot of single moms and quite frankly, some of the a few women I dated were single moms. So, and, and I don't think I really did right by them. So that, that's kind of a little, another reason why I'm, I'm doing it too, just kind of, you know, making, you know, right my wrongs with some of these single moms that I feel like I kind of, you know, destroy their lives. But also I do see a need out there in the, in the community, in the nation, fatherhood, a lot of fathers out there for their child. Uh, I think some fathers would want to be there though, but because of 
the irritation they have between the mom is just never they can never quite be there as much as they want to because there's so much bitterness in their their ex relationship. So I, I see a need that I, I, you know, I don't have any kids. I have the energy to step in and just help kids out. And and also I see the struggle that a lot of these single moms have as far as financially. We all have financial issues at times, but they have financial issues with kids. So I know that's even more of a struggle. And some of these kids, they need the they need the workout, they need this next level mindset, they need this uh this push and this physical uh, NFL type of training to better themselves in whatever sport or mindset you know uh, or a mental capacity they need to, to grow to whether it's in class or outside the class in the streets or when they go you know at school you know to make the right decisions and some of these principles that i've learned over the years i'm bringing it to the mentorship program so that's why i decided to do this and um yeah, so far the first week was a good week you know we i had eight kids but now i we had to get rid of one kid, so we was at seven, which I liked seven actually. So we're gonna go seven weeks on, and then seven weeks off. And then I'm gonna get another seven kids, and do that same cycle, and just break it down, and just show these kids how to bear burdens, and um, show these kids how to um, to communicate and open up, and not be um, you know so closed off as so many of us are, especially men. These these young kids they need to know what it what it like what it's like to be a man, and they're looking for. A male figure in their lives. And I'm able to provide that because I have the time and the energy for it. Well, I think that's great. And it's a great way to make an impact off the field. So I'm just so proud to, to know that you're doing this and, and pleased. And so tell people if they want to learn more about your program, where can they find out more information? Yes, it's a few places they can go. They can go to my uh, Instagram, which I'll be start. I'll be posting each episode. Uh, once I edit it, you know, I'm going to post it I'll be posting the first episode probably next week. They can go to my Instagram at Second Wind Mentors, the number two ND, Win, W I N D, Mentors, M E N T O R S. Or they can go to the website, which I'm going to start update. I'll be updating. I just updated it yesterday. It's two win, number two, win, W I N D, Productions. And on there, they have, I have my mentorship program on there. I have my training stuff I have on there. And then I have my uh, photography business that you can check out if you wanted to book some photography space or some a photo shoot at my, at my facility in Chatsworth. Okay, great. And we will put all of these links in the show notes so everyone will have access to them as well. So what I want to do now, Paul, is I want to do my two-minute drill, which I ask every guest. So you've got seven questions. Are you ready? I'm ready. Seven. I told you, number seven. Seven. <laughs> All right, here we go. What's your favorite food? Chicken. <laughs> you knew that. <laughs> What's your favorite movie? Ooh, man. I'll have to say Dark Knight, Batman. Okay, I like that series too. The Dark Knight is one of my favorites. What's your favorite sports team? Raiders. Okay, what's the best piece of advice you've gotten from a coach or a mentor? Oh, it was um, Daryl Green, Hall of Fame Daryl Green. Man, I don't know. There's so many I got. I can't even, uh, that's one that throws me off because I, I I have so many. I have so many. I'll come back to that one. Okay. Let me twist it the other way. What's the best piece of advice you would give someone? Oh, I would get to, I, I would tell you, put God first. <laughs> that's all I can say. Sure. What is one thing that most people don't know about you? Probably I have, I get anxiety. 
I have anxiety. I put a lot of pressure on myself and maybe that causes some anxiety because I see where I want to be and I just want it right now. But I realize I have to be patient. So they they see me. I'm always in a good mood, smiling, shining light. Oh, that's my little thing, like to shine light. So they probably don't think that I don't struggle with certain anxiety. And sometimes, you know, I get depressed at times. You know what I mean? So I always have to pick myself up. Well, I, I thank you for sharing that with us because I think it's important. Sometimes when we see people, we don't know that they're struggling internally because they are always smiling and trying to be positive. And so I hope that to those that are listening, I, I think it's important just for us to always make sure that the people around us are are doing okay, even though they may look okay, they may not be. So just check oh, in on the people. I, I do have I do have something. I, I do the mentor. I had a chance to meet Jerry West a few months ago, and talking to him was talking to that savant, it was like, he was a different human being. He was a, he, he didn't even seem human. He's like an angel. And he told me one thing and I still work. And when I do struggle, cause I do a lot of things and for the community and I help and that's I'm, sometimes a lot of things I'm not even getting paid for. I was like, why am I doing this? But he told me, he told me this in August to um, work for the cause, not the applause. That's what Jerry West told me, the logo. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it's important to to focus on making an impact. It doesn't matter if people are applauding you or, or cheering you on. It's about making that impact out there. All right. The last question, my two minute drill, if you could be any superhero, who would you be and why? I thought about that one when I read it and I was like, I want to, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say the religious question, but I'm going to say Superman because I can fly. I there you I go. <laughs> good. Good. I wasn't going to say Jesus, but I was like, you know what? That's just too corny. So I'm going to say, uh, yeah, Superman. Okay. I believe I can fly. Great. Well, so I got one last question for you because I recently saw you dancing to Billie Jean. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I'm an MJ fan. <laughs> busting some moves there. So it just made me think about, you know, I was like, man, he's having a good time on the dance floor. And uh, what do you do to have fun? I mean, I need to do more. You know, I, I don't go out to clubs anymore. You know, I'm just be transparent. You know, I've been sexually pure for about almost close to two years now. So the things I used to do, you know, drinking, and, you know, smoking and partying and having promiscuous sex, I don't do anymore. So what's fun for me is just being at home, just chilling, <laughs> going to my jacuzzi and taking walks around the block and around Willing Hills. That's what I like to do. That's fun to me. That's like real fun. No, that's great. We all need to take time for ourselves and have that that me time. So I'm glad that you're you're doing that. So as we wrap up today's show, are there any last thoughts that you'd like to share with our listeners? Uh, I just want everybody to just to shine light and be yourself and uh, not covet and look at other people's situations. You know, especially in the social media age, and not want somebody else's blessings is worry about what everything God has for you. Worry about everything that's in your path and control what you can control. And, and if he doesn't, you know, a lot of times that we do stuff and feel unappreciated, but you know what, that, that's not, it's not about, you know what I'm saying? Pats on the back. It's just about doing what you're supposed to do. Just people to focus on is just stay in your lane. I love that. Thank you so much, Paul, for being on our show today. It was great having a chat with you. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. Much appreciated. Thank you. And thanks again, everyone, for listening, and we will talk to you on the next episode. Until then, make sure that you suit up, you show up, and that you move the ball. Thank you for listening to Move the Ball. To see more about what I'm up to and how I can help you to move the ball, 
check out my website at www.jenniferagarrett.com. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss an episode. And also join the Move the Ball Facebook group for even more content and to be a part of the Move the Ball movement.